good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We are back and better than ever. And speaking of back, we are in the back of an Uber. And it may be the first podcast ever recorded in an Uber. I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. And we are here to talk to you today about housekeeping. We have had a lot of good episodes. We've covered a lot of things about vacation rentals. But one thing we haven't covered is one of the key components of our business, and that's housekeeping. And so we have 10 fundamentals of housekeeping. Looking forward to bringing it to you. This is an area where Tim is definitely going to just destroy me. But I will share what I do. I will be challenged, and I will admit my weaknesses. But let's get started. Okay. So the first thing I would say is that, of course, nothing makes a bigger impression than your housekeeping team. They are the the hub of the wheel. We talked about them uh, previously. But before you know, we talk about housekeeping, I think first and foremost, we have to go back to making sure you've made a decision about what is the best decision for your company, whether you use employees or whether you use agencies to clean your house. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, we've always had our housekeeping in in-house and recently listening to Dirk at VRMA conference learning that a lot have hired contractors as cleaners so got to decide that and then also and we'll get back to that in a minute but you also have to decide are you going to pay piece rate are you going to pay hourly there's different debates about those items so what approach are you going to go with if you do go with an independent contractor this can be a slippery slope right Tim Um, so Tim recommends going to www.dol as in lisa.gov and look up independent contractor test stop what you're doing right now and take the independent contractor test you do not want to pay the fines if you get audited and you're not doing it right that stands for department of labor by the way which is the enforcement agency of this do you provide chemicals do you tell your folks what chemicals they can't use do you tell them how to clean do you tell them when the cleaning has to be done Do you provide them with any supplies to do the job? These are the kind of questions you're going to have. And if the answer is yes to any of this, they may not be an independent contractor. No matter how you pay them or what's in place, if it talks like a duck and it walks like a duck, the Department of Labor is going to tell you it's a duck. And I will tell you that up on the Outer Banks, we had... This is a few years ago now, but there was at least one agency I'm aware of that was fined more than $100,000. And they also had to pay back taxes and penalties on the wages that they would have paid because they were found to have had people classified as independent contractors, and yet actually they were employees. So you better get that straight first before you go anywhere else. And we haven't even gotten to number one yet. Quack, quack. <laughs> you have some ducks over there? 
So first and foremost on our list of 10 fundamentals is hiring the right people. This is a big thing. Do you have a good culture fit is a big question for me because they are going to be the face of the company. Reference episode five. (laughs) So is their attitude right? Are they service oriented? Are they experienced? Are they willing to be retrained to do it your way? Because everybody can clean, right? No. (laughs) I've worked for XYZ Realty for four years. That may not be the best resume builder. Yeah, just because I can clean doesn't mean you should be hired. It's sometimes scary to think about that some of our housekeepers are the ones that see the guest and the only ones that see the guest. Even if they don't speak good English, they need to be trained in the right culture fit to smile at the guest when they show up early and they're not finished cleaning instead of yelling at the guest, get out of here! (laughs) So that brings us to number two. Number two on the list of the 10 things you should really be asking yourself about your housekeeping operation is training. This is where I feel a little on the spot, Tim. I do some training with housekeeping. My my housekeeping head does training, but I think we could do more. So everyone knows how to clean, right? No, they don't. (laughs) I've seen a lot of people's houses in my life, and a lot of people don't know how to clean. So... And then some people think they know how to clean, but regardless of experience, no one cleans without being trained. you got to train them on your company standards. How do you want them to fold your towels? How, what products are they using? How, how do they go through the process? I'd love for you to talk about some things you've learned about you should start with the beds and finish with the kitchen. What's, what's that about? Well, that's a Dirk Johnson thing. And if you go to the VRHP conference, I'm sure he'll talk to you about that. But you get the beds made right away. So no matter if you're interrupted, the house looks as though it's clean from the start. First thing people look at is the beds. And so if you get the beds done right away, then you can use your time to do the detail stuff later. But again, back to this training stuff, there's so many opportunities for training. One of the most effective that we've used, you mentioned about towels. You hit my hot button there. We put our towels out a very certain way. We roll our towels a certain way, and we put them on the end of the bed or whatever. We actually made a YouTube video of me rolling a towel to show our cleaners this is the way you do it. So you can have some great uh, training aids out there that are at their fingertips. So sometimes Tim says, pull over. This is a moment to pull over. And I, I, I want to say that because we're in an Uber right now. But you should pull over, I feel like, and write a few things that Tim just said down. I have never thought about doing the beds first because they get interrupted and it looks clean. That is brilliant. I've been to, what, 10 VRMA conferences, never heard that one. And then telling them how you want to fold the towels, all of that is is just crucial. Okay, so let's go on to number three. Yep, and following the wall. I don't think we mentioned that. That's another big Dirk Johnson thing, and you have to get that from him. You have to follow the wall when you go in, and it makes sense once you do it. Hey, Tim, how do we get to that YouTube video to watch you folding towels? Can we search Tim Cafferty folding towels? We're all doing that right now. It's going to go viral. This is where editing comes in on this uh, podcast, I think. So the next item is number three, standards. Do you have your company standards reduced to writing? Can you put a magnet on the refrigerator that tells the guest, the owner, and the employee what the standard is? You know, for instance, we don't do ceiling fans that are 12 feet off the ground, but by God, there's a liner in every trash can, you know, that kind of thing. So everybody understands the weekly standard is this. And you should have deep clean standards as well, and maybe eight or 10 pages. But whether you do it or not, owners do it, and then they inspect afterwards. So you should reduce your standards to writing to make sure 
what you preach is being shown out there. You know, one thing we do, and I don't even know if you, you do this, Tim, or you agree with it, but we leave cleaning cards in each property. It's very nicely printed item that's sitting on the, actually it sits on the kitchen towel. Maybe I should think about that. But anyway, it says this was cleaned by, and I noticed after a while that the cleaners were just putting their initials on it. And the whole point was to show ownership of putting their name on it. So it's that kind of thing that you institute a standard, but you have to keep going back and seeing are they doing the standard as you wanted them to do. I want them to put their actual name on there. But that gets us to number four, chemicals and amenities. This is the non-sexiest number of this non-sexy topic. And warning, we may be discussing blood-borne pathogens and vomit coming up. So if you want to turn down the volume, that'd be fine. But do you use chemicals or are you okay with using, you know, Mr. Wizard's super duper cleaning solution? Bleach, you know, Tim's had a hard time with bleach being poured on carpets. I haven't had that because we make sure we don't use bleach. My mother loves bleach. really make sure you're not using bleach, though, is my question. Oh, right, because I'm not going in there and seeing if they're using it. That's a good point. How do you make sure? Like, that's a good question. Let's say you come up with the right chemicals, all of the correct things that you want to be using. How do you check that they are being used? Yeah, well, you have to inspect. I say inspect instead of expect. So we provide them the chemicals, and this is for the floors, this is for the bathrooms, this is the the clinging disinfectant cleaner. So there's no question about what should be used. It's that stuff they sneak in in the clear bottle that's unmarked. That would be, by the way, a $10,000 fine for every bottle that they find if the Department of Labor uh, you know, came in and OSHA saw that there were unmarked bottles without MSDS labels and things like that. It's very serious stuff. So it's not okay to sneak bleach in. And again, you know, they put it on a rag. It drips as they go up the carpet, uh, up the stairs, and the carpet has to be replaced. I've learned this the hard way. And this is the kind of stuff that could stop your business in its tracks. So pay attention to this stuff. Why don't you talk about these amazing topics involving vomit and bloodborne pathogens? <laughs> well, it goes back to, again, training is to recognize what they're finding, and then how do you handle that? Because you can't just say, ooh, you know, I'll send Mary over, which, which is what we do, by the way. Uh, Mary's probably listening to this and going, I know what to do. And so Mary is one of our housekeeping inspectors. She happens to be a trained phlebotomist, so she's used to bodily fluids and so on. But, but how do you as a company respond to that? Do you have a way to contain the issue? Do you have a way to clean it up properly? And making sure your people are properly vaccinated and so on because they come off come across a lot of mess. Yeah, this is something I learned from Dirk, and uh, you got to have a person identified. I'm calling it the Pulp Fiction guy. Do you remember that Pulp Fiction guy that cleaned up the dead body? You have to have someone. <laughs> appointed in your company that's available and if they're not working there needs to be a backup of how you deal with these substances it's a tough topic to discuss because it's gross but it's what we do and we need to be ready any other comments on that well that's on number four i think i tied in chemicals and amenities in the same area and amenities is a big thing for you i know we have a lot of differences there but making sure people know what it is you want to put out there yeah and we we provide aveda shampoo lotion soap conditioner and this is another example guys it's, it's so hard to stay consistent in our business but i go in to look at it, properties and inspect and i notice the aveda is there but it's kind of thrown on the counter and so 
it's important also they're putting the amenities out as you want them to put them out. Yes, the garbage bags may be there. The Aveda shampoo is there. But it's if it's thrown, you kind of lose the whole point that I'm paying 20 cents extra per shampoo to provide Aveda. All right, let's move on. Am I doing or are you? I'm uh, on number six, I believe, or number five, I guess we're on down. And the other thing on amenities, like if you have a welcome bag, make sure it's facing the correct way when somebody walks in the door. <laughs> That's just terrible. And it happens so often. But anyway, communication, is it ties into all of this. So we spoke of training earlier and how the cleaners should interact with guests and owners. But what about interacting with the company? How do they get their cleaning assignments, for instance? Does your property management software send out some sort of a message to an app that they pick up? Or do they come in and get a piece of paper when they report to work on departure day? How does that look? How do they get into the properties? How do they know about Mrs. Malik's fixation with the bathroom rug in the uh, second floor of the house? Or Reference to episode five? I think it was earlier than that. Oh, episode three? Three, I think it was. And then when they find something, what do they do to report a problem in the house? Do they just report it at the end of the day? Is there some sort of a priority level? Do they send a text? Do they make a phone call? All these kinds of things need to be covered, and the chain of command needs to be very clear to the cleaners because, again, they're your eyes and ears. Good stuff. I'm going to move on to number six, inspections. Do you inspect every property before guest arrival? This is, wow, if you're not doing this, I would challenge everybody to inspect. And something about inspections, it's, yes, you got to make sure the place is cleaned, first of all, because sometimes you could miss a clean and this will save that horrible possible experience. We really look at inspections as staging the property. The cleaners, cleaners a tough job. And I think you've mentioned, Tim, before, has everybody out there actually cleaned a house? Because you should do it once a year and remember how tough it is. They miss things. So inspections finds that for sure. But I also feel like the cleaners are not, the housekeepers are not necessarily going to stage the property. It needs to look ready for the guests, meaning the chop on the pillow, turning the guest gift the right way, making those Aveda shampoos turned and you can see the labels and they're organized. It needs to look welcoming. Maybe you turn on the porch light because they're going to get in late. Whatever that is that the guest feels like they're walking into a room that's ready. We open the blinds. I don't know how you feel about that one, but we open all the blinds. We want to see the view when we walk in and not walk into a clean yet kind of dark, unwelcoming space. Well, in terms of that inspection as well, you talk about the arrival inspection. Is there a departure inspection? Is there an inspection if the house has been vacant for two weeks and maybe the owner slipped in and used one bathroom and a bed? These things all affect your your brand. So be aware of that. And then in terms of the inspector, when they find something, what is your process as a company? Do you have the five-minute rule? That's what we have. If you can handle something in five minutes, go ahead and do it. If it's more than that, we get a call back. So inspections are critical on this. Yeah, one thing on that is we try to make our inspectors record everything they find, but not always bug the cleaners on every little thing. Your cleaners are precious to you. I'm not saying you shouldn't hold them accountable. You should look at trends over time and say, hey, guys, we're noticing you're not folding the toilet paper every other time. So we really need to retrain on that. But uh, be careful how much you nitpick your cleaners on little, little things because that could get pretty annoying. Again, if you've cleaned a house lately and you make it look great, but you leave one little thing wrong and somebody called you back, you might be finding the other company to work for. So we're moving on to response to problem. 
That's number seven on our list, and we'll get back to valuing those people as well here in a minute. That's another one of our lists. But response to problems is number seven. What are you going to do when a guest or a property owner or an inspector we just talked about finds a problem and there is a, quote, callback? What's the mechanism to report the problem? Do you have a check-in at 4 and your office closes at 5? That's probably not a great customer service mentality. Do you have someone on call and ready at all times? Service recovery can be one of your best marketing tools if you handle this well. Again, you have to anticipate in advance. How are you going to handle problems? So i got to ask you, how do you handle this? Because our cleaners pretty much go home at 4 or 4.30. And if somebody calls and says... I mean, the dreaded call, this property has not been cleaned. But if somebody calls and says the kitchen's really dirty, what do you do at 9 o'clock at night? Well, the first is to call the inspector to make sure when were they there, were there any circumstances. Because sometimes, let's just say callbacks are embellished. So, for instance, we find out at 9 o'clock there's a problem, but then when we check with the inspector, we discover, well, those guests were in at 11.45 this morning. You know, and so something's going on. And so guests may not be 100% above board. But when there is a problem, the person needs to be held accountable. You need to go back and solve it. And if they can't do it, then you're going to pay someone else to do it, and their uh, income is going to be affected by it. So you have to have a mechanism in place that everybody knows. You're either going back at 9 o'clock or we're going to send somebody else. Good. Okay, number eight is pretty simple. Do you measure Tim, I don't know if all of you know, he's the king of measuring. What's measured gets treasured. And he measures, I bet, callback rates. I bet he measures the scoreboard that's in view of everyone to see those callback rates. I got to admit, I don't. I don't measure the callback rates. So, Nancy, there in Winter Park, I guess we have to start measuring callback rates and seeing how they're doing. One thing we have been doing measure-wise in a positive way is as we read the reviews that come in, if there is a specific mention that the property was clean, then Nancy gets alerted to that. Nancy's our head of housekeeping she and inspections, and she gets alerted to that. She prints off that review, and she gives that to the cleaner with a little $10 gift card. That goes a long way to share that this matters to guests and show them the positive measuring, not just the callbacks. Yep. I will just say in wrapping that up, yes, we have a scoreboard. We actually have a 55-inch screen TV in the area where the cleaners come in where kudos are mentioned, last week's callbacks are mentioned in terms of statistics. And so that goes to number nine, and that is valuing your people and showing appreciation. Great opportunity for a shout-out to Jovita or Julie or Elva or whoever did a great job and were mentioned on that card. And so it, it is so important to value these folks. We have talked about how backbreaking the work is, how important it is. What you give, you get. And, again, if you have not cleaned a property recently, go try it and see if you don't feel like you need a little pat on the back for doing a good job if you've done it. So I would just ask you, what are you doing to show appreciation for your people out there? That's a rhetorical question. Good stuff. All right, we've come to number 10 and also to the airport. So our Uber ride is almost over. But the la- number 10 is giving feedback. I think housekeeping is a very busy time when you're in your high season it's hard to find times to all meet at the same time sometimes there's a language barrier but make an effort to meet with your housekeeping team at least once a week i mean 
I guess, worst case once a month. Get them in the room, talk to them individually, and find out how they're doing. Ask how it's going. You might think it's just the same thing every day. Of course, they're just cleaning a house. But you got to ask. And sometimes when you ask the questions, what else do I need to know, a housekeeper might share with you that, gosh, the bags, they're falling apart, or you don't have enough towels stocked in time, or the way we have to pack our bags is not efficient. You can really improve your business by communicating with your cleaners. Also to give them feedback and make sure you're giving them feedback, the good stuff they're doing and the things that need to be improved. Yep. Nobody's perfect and nobody's terrible. Just make sure you're communicating with them. Praise in public. Give those coaching opportunities in private good opportunity to do that okay so that's our 10 okay so here we have Luam, our uber driver and she's gonna say hello because she might be the first uber driver ever to have a podcast recorded in her uber hi she's from ethiopia she's a good driver yeah she's been a great driver and so that brings us to our weekly news segment not so hot off the presses but definitely happening and this is always an interesting segment for me because we talk about something happening in the industry and this is really an interesting one to me. It doesn't apply to me specifically, but there's this whole, well, I guess it does apply to me in the sense that we're in the app world now, right? You have our podcast. We, how many people have we told about how to get the podcast and downloading it and go to iTunes and whatever? But the whole electronic world that we're in now, glad to have you. And the app that they have for individual properties big change coming down the pike. Yeah, I found out about this a couple months ago, and then it was brought up at VRMA, and then an email has gone out to all glad to have you users, and I'm one of them. And that is that Apple, and this is true, I, I checked this with an outside source, Apple is not allowing companies to have multiple apps with different branding that look very similar, which is what glad to have you has. And so they are going to force all of us just in the next two weeks, so sometime in November, that our personal branded app that's on the iTunes store for all of our guests to download is going away that quickly. And they are, we were afraid they were going to brand the Glad to Have You app, the new one you have to download as VRBO or HomeAway. Luckily, they've announced they're going to call it Glad to Have You. But our guests are now going to have to download one app. Like If you had Glad to Have You or the guy over in Hawaii has Glad to Have You, all of those guests have to go to the same app search glad to have you download it and then by entering the credentials get to the winter park information it's not sitting well with a lot of folks and i do i will say that i don't think this is forced by glad to have you it's forced by apple but it's unfortunately looking like one more way that home away is branding because home away owns glad to have you for those of you that don't know that um, HomeAway's branding the experience and taking away your brand. So we're really going to reevaluate and probably come up with our own app. We are now at the airport, so you can see that uh, it's a little loud here doing a podcast in, in the terminal. Somebody's leaving. So just so I understand, so one of the benefits I would think of the Winter Park Lodging app, for instance, it would have been an icon on my phone all year round. So you're not going to have that anymore? Well, they'll, if a guest kept it, they would have a Glad to Have You app and theoretically could come to your prop. You know, if you had Glad to Have You, they could then enter your, their information and get to their Outer Banks stay. But, right, they're not going to have my branded icon on their phone anymore. And I don't like that I'm going to have to tell them to search for Glad to Have You. That means nothing to them. And I love that our app was branded to ourselves. So we're definitely going to look at other options. Wow. That's definitely a groaner because that whole marketing thing and branding. How many times have we talked about that in seven episodes, right? So 
So that brings us to the end here, and we covered 10 fundamentals of housekeeping, just to review them very quickly. Number one was hire the right people. Number two, training. you got to really ask yourself, are you training these guys? Are they knowing how to clean property? Standards is number three. Do you have standards? We hope so. And we hope everybody that's cleaning for you knows what your standards are. Number four, chemicals and amenities. That's where we talk about vomit and bloodborne pathogens. But you really have to be sure that there is some Pulp Fiction person that knows how to clean it up. That's right. Communication is number five, meaning communicating to our housekeepers and how do they communicate back to us. Make sure it's clear for your folks to know who to call, how to call, what to do, when to do it. And then inspections. I would say once we started doing inspections six years ago, it cost us a lot up front, but it saved us countless guest issues. Strongly encourage you to do inspections on the clean and also stage the property for arrival. Yep. I would say inspections not only for employees, but for if you're using outside agencies as well. Important stuff. Okay, number seven on our 10 housekeeping fundamentals is response to problems. What are you going to do when a guest or a property owner or an inspector reports a problem with a housekeeping person? And then number eight, Tim's favorite, do you measure? Are you looking at your callback rates? Are you looking at the reviews? Are you checking out how many um, good and bad cleans you have, and then tracking that over time to see if you're improving. Number nine, value your people. Show appreciation. Make sure they're not just the housekeepers. Pump them up. They're the key to your company. Yep. And then number 10, as always, give feedback. Good, bad, and ugly. Give the feedback. Do it in an organized way so people don't feel attacked. But make sure they know areas where they can improve and also make sure they know of the great job they're doing because cleaning is a thankless job. It's tough. And I want to challenge every single one of you guys to get out there and clean a house this this month, right? Go see what it's like. I mean, do it yourself. It's tough, tough work. You don't like that challenge. <laughs> then have somebody else inspect it afterwards, Oh, my gosh. So that does it. That's 10 fundamentals of housekeeping. If you do it right, you'll be sure the back of the house doesn't put you in the doghouse. Boom. And we would love to hear from you. We're hearing a lot of people are listening to the podcast, but we want to hear your comments on what you want upcoming episodes to be about. So please do find us on Facebook or go to our website, c to ski with Sarah and T. Am I saying that right? Dot com. <laughs> The airport is distracting. Let us know you're out there. Let us know you're listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yep. You can also find us on Stitcher and Google Play and iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found, as they say. So that'll do it. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Tim. Have a good flight. Okay. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, professional vacation rental managers podcast brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sound. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website. See to ski with SarahNT.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as provide them feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on See to Ski with Sarah and T.